0: Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night, and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me is everybody's favorite mystic vapor dealer, Brandon. How you doing today, Brandon?
1: Hey, you want to buy some vapors?
0: Girl, you know it. (laughs) I love that mystic vapor. It's got to summon an ancient Babylonian sorcerer. Hit me up. Yeah, that's what all the cool kids call it.
1: Kids, are you summoning an ancient Babylonian (laughs) sorcerer down there? Aw, Mom! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh,
0: so how are you doing
1: today, Brandon? Uh, I mean, this past week has yeah. been kind of a nightmare actually. Oh, yeah, me too, man. Do tell though. Well, pretty much my whole family has just been sick, like one after the other. <laughs> and everybody's sick. I'm sick right now. I I'm can tell. The last one, I'm the <laughs> last one sick, but this past week has just been a cavalcade of vomiting. And (laughs) coughing. It's been a tidal wave of barf. (laughs) Just everywhere? Every nook and cranny? Just all
0: over the place. Oh, I'm sorry, man.
1: But other than that, it's been pretty
0: good. You still have any of your Cheez-Its, though?
1: No, that's the worst part.
0: (laughs) All the Cheez-Its are gone?
1: (laughs) Yes. There's vomit everywhere and all the Cheez-Its are gone. Maybe I'll send
0: you some. Who knows? Probably not, though.
1: (laughs) No, you won't. <laughs> I
0: mean, I, I just ate Cheez Its with my son last night, and we were enjoying, again, a family sized box. It was wonderful.
1: That sounds like a beautiful dream.
0: <laughs> it was a real bonding moment, a father son moment, and <laughs> <sitting> eating Cheez Its. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Are the kids better now? Yeah, everyone's better but me. I'm glad everybody except for you is feeling better. I mean, I mean that in a very nice way, <laughs> in the nicest way possible. So the other night, my dog got us up. You know, I adopted that dog a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And she got us up at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning to go outside because she had to go patty.
1: As dogs do.
0: Yeah, they do. So we let her out, and she's a beagle, and she, like, sees, you know, another animal, and she just has to chase it. And she found an animal outside, and it was a skunk. And she got skunked. Oh. At 4 o'clock in the fucking morning.
1: That. Is awful.
0: I mean, we cleaned her off pretty good. We did like, we looked online for some skunk stuff, you know, skunk remedies or whatever. And we gave her a few baths like, you know, at four o'clock in the fucking morning. And then, you know, today and everything. But um, when you walk into my house, you get like your nostril hair singed away because of the smell.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, it's not super bad anymore because I've been lighting candles or whatever. But I never had a dog get skunked. I've never really had dogs before though. Did any of your dogs ever get skunked?
1: No. I didn't think so. I've never known anyone or anything to actually get skunked. So let me ask you, is the smell of being directly skunked like way worse than the smell you smell when you're just like driving on the road and you're like, oh, there was a skunk somewhere nearby. Because I always figured when you smell that, it's like way diluted from the wind. And that skunk was probably way far off. So, like, being skunked directly from the ass must be way worse, I always thought.
0: I don't think she got skunked, like, straight on. Like, it didn't get into her eyes or ears or anything. From my experience, when you pass a dead skunk, I think it's worse. Oh, uh, okay. I think that is just, like, a culmination right there. Instead of, like, it being spread around in, in the yard. I don't know, does that make sense? Like, it's yeah. just, like a, centrical, like, a central, like, point of skunk shit smell. Versus like, Can. oh, it sprayed it and then it ran away,
1: like Skunk City.
0: Yeah, like all of the essence of skunk is just right there mm-hmm. when a skunk gets hit. All right. Yeah. Plus, I guess it would depend on how long it's been since you know it died and you drove by and all that. But <laughs> that's getting into like physics and stuff, Brandon. Like, we're <laughs> <laughs> not gonna have like a math that's equation. That's well to figure beyond it out.
1: the scope of this. Our pitiful <laughs> human science can't hope to comprehend.
0: <laughs> Wait, what the? <laughs> oh god i just love it i was thinking about how he's like a video game character that just fails and gets to come back with no repercussions whatsoever (laughs) like oh that didn't work try again
1: yeah as long as there's high schools
0: i don't get why the girl the the dr oliver had everything ready to go she could have just done it again like there's a little chlorine. There's a dribble of chlorine in the pool. Just move some of the leaves that didn't get hit with it, and fucking do it again. And then boom, Goth is back. But nope, nope.
1: High schoolers have to be involved for some reason. I,
0: I guess so. Doesn't make any sense, but
1: <clears throat> who am I? I'm not Goth.
0: I I enjoy. I was our human for a little senses. bit in
1: in high school. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I dyed my hair black one time when I had hair. Whoa! One, it was like two or three times actually.
1: Badass. So
0: cool. You have no idea, okay? But uh, we just got done watching episode ten, Jake and the Leprechaun. Uh, what do you think about this one, Brandon?
1: I wasn't really looking forward to this episode very much. I kind of judged it ahead of time. Yeah. Like, oh, it's Leprechauns It's gonna be shit. Yeah, I did know, too. I'm not really, I'm not really into Leprechauns as a foe or a ally or anything. They're just kind of lame. Yeah. But uh, I enjoyed the episode quite a bit, actually.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way.
1: It sounded boring
0: to me. You know, there was nothing gripping about the name of the the episode. Even me as, I mean, I have Irish in my family and it was still like yawn. You know, I was like, is Warwick Davis going to be in this? No. Okay, fuck this. You know. Yeah. I was ready to just be bored. And I wasn't. I was, I was, I liked it. It was fun. I had a good time with this episode took me forever to watch it, though. It took me, like, two hours to note this damn episode. There's just so much talking.
1: <laughs> there is. A lot of fast talking.
0: Yeah, I had to pause it and, like, rewind it fucking two seconds at a time and be like, What'd you say, Sean? Well, you ready to dive up into this episode? Yeah, let's do
1: it! Let's do it!
0: This episode starts right out in front of the campfire, and Gary is talking, uh, he's doing his Midnight Society leader duties. Which is the first time we've really seen him do that. Yeah, He t- he takes control of this situation and he's telling us that Frank was supposed to be telling tonight's story, but they've had an unusual situation and Frank's agreed to pass the bag of monkey bone dust to Eric, which, uh, you know what though, this doesn't seem all that weird because it happened in the pilot episode or, you know, our fourth episode, the tale of the Twisted Claw, where Eric... Started telling a story and was just like, "I don't know what happens next, guys." And then David's like, "All right, give me that fucking monkey bone dust. Let me tell a story."
1: Yeah, that's interesting that it was Eric in that case too because he's a troublemaker. This is Eric's first story. Yeah, and it wasn't even supposed to be Eric's story. No, you're right. so that means this was another week that Eric wasn't telling a damn story. <laughs> and- yeah. The first one that he told was so shit, they were like, no, no, no. Let's <laughs> let's get someone good to tell a story. So if his grandpa didn't die, he would just be yeah. not telling a story again. So when the hell does Eric tell stories otherwise? Does he only tell stories when family members die? Maybe. Because he's always the first one to talk shit about other people's yeah. stories. Betty Ann tells amazing stories, and he's like, oh, this fucking shit again. Ah, uh, gory, stupid stories. Eric, you don't tell stories, you bastard. You don't get to judge other people's <laughs> stories when you join this club and then just sit back like, I ain't telling a fucking story this week.
0: <laughs> he reminds me of the kid uh, when you have to partner up in school, and he's the one that doesn't do anything for the project, and it's all up to like you and your buddy, and he just takes all the credit. He just sits there. Yeah. He listens to the story without thinking of his own and just enjoys it. Yeah, what an asshole. Ah, <sighs> yeah, he is. So Gary tells Eric he's got the stage. And you know what? This kid, he does some really good acting here. He he genuinely looks sad.
1: Yeah, you know what? I agree.
0: Yeah, like he has to like collect his thoughts before he speaks and stuff. It, he is acting like somebody in his life actually did die. And I yeah. thought that was... That was like, that's a, I don't want to say a theme for this, but it's like a theme for the Midnight Society bits, and it was my favorite Midnight Society bit so far this season, I would say.
1: Yeah, he did really well. I don't really like Eric as a character, but he really expressed some emotion. He was like, my grandfather never lived to see me start kindergarten.
0: (laughs) He tells us that his grandfather died. And all the kids look really sad, and he continues saying his grandfather was from Ireland, and he used to tell stories from, uh, Air, Area? I don't know what he says.
1: Yeah, it's a word I've heard
0: before. It must be someplace in Ireland, I don't know. Anyway, he says that he acts out all the different parts and uses a new voice for each character, just like Betty Ann does. Uh, and then Eric says, before his grandpa died, he gave him a hat, and he grabs a bag, and he takes out this, like, Trilby-looking hat, is that right? That's what I thought it was. I don't know what the hell kind of hat that is, actually. It's like a three-point triangle-looking hat. I think it's called a trilby. I could be wrong, because the only way... I mean, that's coming from Ultima Online, so...
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's just a very not-Irish game, um, so... I know of, like, three different kinds of hats, and it's not a sombrero, and it's not a cowboy hat, (laughs) so I don't know.
0: So he takes out this, this hat, and he says in this fake Irish accent, Eric Malad, guard it well. It's blessed with the power of the pixies. And then Kristen asks, what's a pixie? Which is a really stupid question, in my opinion. Like, who doesn't know what a
1: fucking pixie... You are a blonde I mean, teenage girl. It's, it's a stupid question, but it's not the stupidest question that's asked. Hold on.
0: I know, I'm sure I have it down, but you're probably right. But I would assume that she would, like, pixies and unicorns and shit would be, like, stapled to her wall, just like Beth. You know, that would be what she was into.
1: I mean, isn't there a band called the Pixies? Yeah, I think so. That sounds
0: right. You know, uh, I guess I can understand, because the way that Pixies are described in this episode, it's a little different than what I think of when I think of Pixies, but still.
1: I don't really know what I think of when I think of Pixies. Is Tinkerbell from Peter Pan a Pixie? Uh, Or is she a fairy? I think she's a Pixie. Well, then, all right.
0: I know what a Pixie is. (laughs) You know what I usually think of first, like, first coming to my mind is, did you ever see Pagemaster? Kind of. Okay. When they get to Fantasyland, uh, Macaulay Culkin, like, animated Macaulay Culkin reaches out his hands and these, like, electric pixie-looking things are dancing in his palm. That's what I think of.
1: All right. Yeah. Pagemaster.
0: Also, uh, in Labyrinth, one one hoggle blasts them with poison. I think those are pixies, too.
1: Yeah, he guns those bitches down. Yeah,
0: he does. (laughs) Take that! It's like, poison for you! (laughs) (laughs) So, I just wrote down that this was a really dumb question, even for Kristen. And it kind of makes me upset. They're giving her, like, the really dumb blonde character arc. It reminded me of Cindy Brady from the Brady Bunch.
1: Yeah, but immediately after that, Kiki asks, What is a leprechaun?
0: She does, yeah. But before that, Eric answers her, saying they're what his grandpa used to call fairies. But then he says his grandpa said, Lad, if they always acted fair, I'd call them fairies. Uh, He says Papa was our kind of guy. He'd only tell stories about the evil ones. And he had a great one about a Kelpie, uh, which is some kind of water horse that invited little kids to hop on their back so he could swim out to the ocean and eat them. And the camera looks at Betty Ann and she's just like, she's like the fuck did I what What the fuck she's looking around like anybody else fucking hear this (laughs) really funny looking
1: surprised she didn't say something just completely batshit out of nowhere
0: no she was silenced I don't think she said much at all this episode
1: no I forgot she was even there
0: you know I I feel like they do that every single episode is like they just kind of like forget about one kid and I think it's because they have too many and um You know, we talked about this, where Eric, Kiki, and Frank all seem to have, like, the same douchebaggy personality. Yeah. So I think they just have too many kids to focus on, which will change next season. Because, you know, one of these kids gotta go.
1: Yes, the calling of the kids.
0: Yeah. Which is probably a good thing. So Eric continues saying, But I think that Papa's favorite pixies were the leprechauns. And that's where he said he got this hat, the trilby. Kiki butts in and asks, what is a leprechaun? Which is another real (laughs) stupid question. So thanks for that, That's the stupidest question. It really, who doesn't know what a leprechaun is? Like
1: Like pixies, you know, that's a word you hear or whatever, but nobody's talking about pixies all the time. Leprechauns, I mean. Has she never eaten Lucky Charms? Do they celebrate St. Patrick's Day in Canada? I would assume so.
0: Do they celebrate
1: it in Australia, yeah, I mean they drink,
0: oh okay, well, then, yeah, I'm sure they do. I don't know beer beer's probably really expensive in Australia, too, though, isn't it? I don't know, I don't drink <laughs> you... <sighs> that's okay. I'm the worst Australian, I mean, it's not like people are in Australia are known for drinking, and also you're not in the... hey. <laughs> you didn't you weren't born there, so <laughs> it's okay.
1: <laughs> they're not gonna let me become a citizen.
0: they're never going to give you your. Freaking boomerang! <laughs> Grant citizenship. Damn it! Now I would assume because I went to Canada a couple of years ago and alcohol prices were just outrageous there compared to in America. It was insane. Like a six pack was like twenty
1: bucks. I swear.
0: Uh, but anyway, Eric answers Kiki even though he
1: shouldn't. He should. That
0: should have been <laughs> the question. Everybody don't fucking even ignore. dignify
1: that with a response.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Eric explains that they're kind of like little old men. They make shoes, they dress all in green, and they wear strange little hats like this one I'm holding.
1: That's a terrible description of a leprechaun. Yeah, it's like the most...
0: And you know what? He says that they like making shoes, but no, the leprechaun in this episode doesn't mention making shoes or shoes in general uh, at at all. No, not even. Not even a little bit. Also, he doesn't wear green. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> Zero for two.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Gary asks, how did how did your grandpa get the hat? And Eric tells him, well, he said he got it in a trade. If a person offers the pixie a trade, the pixie can't refuse no matter how bad the deal is. Which sounds like a very terrible loophole to take advantage
1: Seriously. of. Seriously. What a terrible curse to live with. Seriously, like, oh, yes. I gotta take these shitty deals.
0: Like, I'm gonna give you, like, one... Ripped up sock for your fucking hoard of treasure. Oh, I gotta do it. They said, please. Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, dang it. Oh, I didn't want to do it, but I gotta. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, I'm like, huh, I wonder if that'll have any bearings on this story. Hmm.
1: No, of course not.
0: I doubt it. Eric says the line that is repeated so many times in this episode. Mine be yours and yours be mine. Eric puts on the hat and says, this is one of Papa's favorite stories. And I'm going to try and tell it the way he did. He throws the monkey bone powder into the fire and the tale of Jake and the leprechaun
1: begins. I just got to say here that we were saying earlier that Eric doesn't tell any stories. So this is Eric's first story. And (laughs) it's not even his own story. It's his grandpa's story. It's not. So even the one story he tells... He's just repeating someone else's story.
0: It seems like it's a very up-to-date version of
1: Grandpa's story, though. Who let Eric <laughs> into this club? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Who gave the thumbs up? It must have been a very close vote.
0: <laughs> the story starts in front of what looks like a props on a stage for a play. Uh, that's a, like the immediately what I thought, because you can clearly see a painted moon in the backdrop, and the the camera moves through some trees that look kind of proppy.
1: Yeah, from the very first frame, I was like, oh, what is this? Some kind of movie or TV show or something yeah. that they're filming? Uh,
0: and then this kid comes out of the trees, um, like walking down a path. He looks like he's dressed to be one of the poor kids in Aladdin. Yeah,
1: that's what I thought as well.
0: <laughs> um, But he's also got pointy ears like an elf. So he's a poor elf. Who knows? Some dude in a brown lady's wig uh, roars at him. From behind a tree for some reason. And uh, this kid, who is Jake, he just screams. He screams like a bunch of times. It's it's not one long continuous scream. He's like, ah! 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 Ah!
1: (laughs) This kid's screaming all throughout this episode.
0: All the time. He's like a scream machine. The dude comes out from behind the tree and he's also got some pointy ears. He tells this kid to stop screaming or he'll eat out his liver. Which, uh, the kid, Jake, just screams more at, which I probably would too, so, you know, give it to them. Uh, then this old man appears on a tree branch and tells this big dude, uh, who I'm assuming is supposed to be, like, an ogre at this point or something. Turns out he's a goblin, I don't know. This old man says no. Now why would a vile creature like you pick on a poor boy like this? Aye, Seamus Doyle! You stay out of this! I've come to take what's mine. And he points at the kid on the ground. And the old man, Seamus, he jumps out of the big tree and he's laughing. And the two of them start sword fighting. And Seamus tells the kid to uh, to get up and move out of the way because the battle's just begun. Jake gets up and he takes a step and then he falls onto his face. And he gives a nice, a very nice Canadian sorry.
1: Yes, it was a very crystal clear sorry.
0: It was, the, yeah, it was the best of the season so far. Beautiful. Seamus and the ogre dude laugh at him, and um, the guy starts taking off his wig, and some lady with papers in her hands rushes up to help him. Lights come up, and there's just a bunch of set hands coming on to clear the stage, and it's a play, just like I assumed. I'm a baby
1: genius. You figured it out. That's the plot twist.
0: <laughs> yep, I figured out the first three seconds of this fucking show. I knew I They it.
1: tried to shamelon on you, but no, you said, fuck that.
0: It's a play. It do- you know what? It's not even cheating that I had technically already watched this as a kid, so. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> Jake walks away and we get a voiceover from Eric saying that Jake, I think his last name was Joyson, but I couldn't hear it, so. Let's go with Joyson, because yeah. I'm sure we're going to use his full name all the time. Not actually ever again this is the only line so he says that jake wanted to be an actor more than anything else his big break came when he landed the lead in the will of the wisp a magical play about leprechauns and goblins it was jake's first play and unfortunately it was going to be his last spoilers uh, yeah right seems a little ominous uh the guy playing seamus starts yelling for some girl named lucy
1: lucy lucy i need my tea
0: uh, out of nowhere, a redheaded girl dashes up to him with a cup of tea on a serving platter, and he drinks it, and he says, Just a ting, just a ting. <laughs> As he pats her on her shoulder. I'm not going to do an Irish accent, because I'm not. Oh, man. I don't know how to do one. I've tried it before. It always turns out Scottish.
1: <sighs> this podcast will be at least... 18% better if you do all the voices with an Irish accent.
0: Yeah, okay, but also it'll be like 50% more insulting to <laughs> Irish people.
1: I think you can get away with it.
0: Oh, uh, St. Parsarfus? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know how to do it. I'm sorry. I should have practiced. I didn't really have much time though. I just watched this like less than 24 hours ago.
1: I watched this like less than 24 minutes ago. <laughs>
0: So, this guy, the actor that plays the leprechaun in the play, has like a hundred names, and it's each one is worse than the last. So, I'm going to refer to him as Aaron for most of this, I think. So, Lucy walks over to where Jake is, and he asks her, hey Lucy, what's that shit Aaron's always drinking? And Lucy tells him it's herbal tea, so, uh-huh. yeah, it is shit. His own recipe.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what he's drinking.
0: <laughs> he says it helps him be creative. So I'm like, oh, shit, he's drinking some some Mystic Vapor tea up over there, huh?
1: Yeah, some herbal tea, <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs>
0: yeah. Lucy laughs about it and says it must work because he's brilliant.
1: Is that how herbal tea works? Like, oh, the herbal tea works because he's a great actor.
0: Like, it must work. <laughs> this, this, like, I don't know, she's probably like 18-year-old girl is, like, freaking winking on this old-ass cripply man, like, decrepit old man. like, I don't know, but that tea sure works.
1: (laughs) Did you notice that she looked pretty similar to Beth? Yeah, I did. I don't think it was the same actress, though. No, it definitely wasn't the same actress, but she had a Beth vibe.
0: So Jake looks over at her and says, do you think that stuff would help me? I'm not doing so hot. And Lucy, being a supportive person, says, I think you're doing just fine, Jakey. He seems bummed about that, though. So Lucy gives him the recipe for this tea. And she says she doesn't think he's going to be able to find the ingredients and that Aaron has his own stash, but he's probably not going to want to share his shit.
1: No, no one wants to share their shit.
0: Especially not with Jake. I don't know. I'm assuming that these herbs are expensive or something. And like, I wouldn't fuck that. Tea's gross anyway, kid. Fuck you. It is.
1: Stay away from tea. Stick to mystic vapors.
0: (laughs) Okay. Aaron's now screaming for Jake to come over there. So he thanks Lucy and goes up to Aaron and Aaron tells him he feels inspired. So let's practice a jig, which makes sense because they dance like five times in this episode. It's stupid. Jake says, sure. He takes off his uh, hat and backpack. Aaron walks up to the end of the stage saying, look at this place, almost a hundred years old, nearly as old as I am. He then points at Jake and tells him to close his eyes, which Jake does. He says, feel the magic of the stage, the power of the theater. Let it transfer you into another realm and become a magician. Yeah. Then the scene fades away just really abruptly and uh, we're panning over some greenery as someone is just mumbling in an Irish accent. Like, incredibly stereotypical. And it looks like we're in in some sort of greenhouse as Jake walks up on... uh, At this point, I assumed it was a lady because it sounded like a very feminine Irish. (laughs) That's what it was, you know? Yeah. It was... Very generic.
1: Take a good long drink, sugar.
0: So at this point, Jake walks up on what I assumed was a lady giving a pine tree some water. And Jake is like, Hello? Anybody here? Which I thought was an odd question to say, because you can clearly hear some Irish lady mumble singing in just this generic Irish accent. And then I feel bad because Jake rounds a corner and a little person pops out and it's very clearly a man. <laughs> eh, clearly. I mean, I loved this guy. What did you think about him?
1: He's probably my favorite character of the series so far.
0: He's so cool. I don't know. Like, this the chemistry between Jake and this guy whose name is Sean is just, like, He's incredible. Awesome. I loved it. I mean, it wasn't so much Jake as Sean, but... <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: The chemistry between Sean and the and the camera is amazing. His
1: charisma makes up for Jake's Jakeishness.
0: Yeah, Jake is just there to like look at the camera with his mouth open. Really. Yeah,
1: Jake's Jake's not really given much in mm-hmm. this episode. Like, if Jake wants more than anything to be an actor, like, bro, you're gonna have to give us a little more.
0: Yeah, give us a little pizzazz. So Jake takes one look at uh, this dude and he's like, "Whoa." Which is um, really not a nice response to seeing a little person. But maybe it's the first one he's ever seen. Uh, The guy, Sean, uh, responds by laughing and saying, You're looking at me like I was a sight. Which he is, because he's got this long, brownish black hair. Beautiful hair. It really is. Just gorgeous. He's got these sweet overalls on right now and an orange shirt underneath. I can't say anything but amazing things about this guy. He continues... Uh, but heed me words, you're the one who has the glamour. I don't know what the glamour is.
1: Yeah, like, what a weird thing to say. Yeah. You're just like, oh, hi, and he's like, oh, you got the glamour.
0: (laughs) I know. Like, is it a Is that a curse? What are you saying? What is the glamour? I could look it up, I guess, but I'm not going to. I assume it's like, oh, you have a healthy shine about you, or something like that, you know? You look glamorous.
1: You're beautiful, kid. Sean's the one who's glamorous.
0: He is. Oh, man, that hair. (laughs) So It's so amazing. Jake apologizes and helps the guy down from where he was standing, because he's, like, up on an elevated surface, I guess. And then he asks what he meant by saying that I have the glamour. So the guy says, nothing at all, just a feeling. Then he pulls out a business card and hands it to Jake, saying, Sean O'Shannon's the name. Remember it. You might be needing me. For
1: what? like he's there for a reason he obviously needs you right now
0: yeah so jake is there to get the herbs from the recipe list that he got from lucy but it never explains how he knew to go here jake does not have parents there are no parents in this episode whatsoever absolutely how not how does he know about who told him to go to this greenhouse
1: i don't know he walked down some walked down some seedy alleys and was like do you know where to get special herbs and they were like, oh yeah, kid. <laughs> Go see this glamorous, <laughs> this beautiful, incredible When man. you hear the voice of an angel, you know you've made it.
0: <laughs> Sean walks away from Jake and asks him what he needs from him today. And Jake tells him,
1: I'm looking for, for some special herbs to make tea. Do you carry these?
0: And Sean's talking up his herb garden, saying he's got everything. Uh, but then he stops, as he's reading the list of ingredients, and he, and he says,
1: Bluebells, foxgloves, and ragweed? How dare you bring this here? It's just... You'll not be getting such herbs here. Yeah, he, like, wants to fucking punch Jake.
0: Oh, it's great. We'll get to it a little bit, but it's something hilarious happens that I'm sure you've seen. He throws down that recipe list, and he says,
1: A box upon you for asking.
0: And Jake says, It's just
1: for tea? <laughs> yeah, like, fuck. Sean
0: says, I know what it's for! Off with you! Off! And he shoes Jake out of his greenhouse, and, and he walks back over to pick up the recipe. He picks it up, and he looks at it, he gets pissed again, and he he huffs and puffs, and he throws it on the ground, and, and he opens up this little green gate, he walks through it, and he slams it shut.
1: Well, he slams it, but it's not shut. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you're right. It does. It, does it, it like,
1: bounces.
0: <laughs> it's got these glow gates everywhere, too. Like, what's the point? Why I don't is there know. So a pox gates? on your gates. Fucking pox on gates. No. <laughs> Maybe he's just like slamming stuff. He just is so dramatic that every time somebody comes into his greenhouse, he just gets pissed at him and just slams shit everywhere. The
1: slamming a gate is fun.
0: It is. Yeah, I
1: agree with you. I don't have enough instances in my life where I can slam a gate. You
0: know, um, uh, I have a gate to my backyard, but I can't slam it because it kind of drags on the ground, so it would be really slow. A pox be a really on slow your slam I'd be like, and it'd be like <laughs> scraping across the ground, and it just, it wouldn't slam at all. Yeah, this is not ideal. <laughs> no. In the next scene, we're showing like a stone face as somebody's giggling. They say, "Take his soul and grind it whole and eat it with a fish. The boy be mine for all of time. This is what I wish." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. the person's lighting some candles this is, this fight's really weird it's creepy, uh, he's lighting some candles and it hovers over a face shot of Jake with this dopey smile and the person laughs more as we're shown like a frog in a I want to say like a crystal ball I guess for some reason it's like in it's own terrarium Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: there's also just a bunch of bottles with sand or whatever in them too that it kind of the camera just sits on for a minute. Then the scene switches again to Jake running up uh, back in the play now. And he's asking to be made into a leprechaun that the goblin could be back any minute. And Aaron asks him if he's sure. And Jake's like, yeah, hurry. And Aaron tells him he'll never be a boy again. And Jake don't care about that shit. So Aaron turns to uh, look at Lucy sitting in a seat who t- turns on some music. And Aaron invites Jake to dance with him. And he gets up and he like twirls his arm like a like a little helicopter <laughs> and he starts singing uh, his song.
1: Then dance with me and speak as I speak. The fairy ring the dance and sing, the mortal bloom a dying thing.
0: He takes a drink from this like canteen thing. Uh, was there a name for this? It's like a bag. I don't know. I'm
1: sure there is.
0: There probably was, and they probably say it, and I just don't care enough to catch it. It's this, like, bag canteen thing. It holds water, it's got a lid, and you drink out of it. So, Aaron takes a drink out of it, throws it to Jake, who then also takes a drink on it. And Aaron must have put some monkey bone powder and a voodoo curse on it or something. (laughs) Because Jake's voice gets, like, really deep, uh, and he says more of the poem or whatever. And he's wondering what the fuck is going on, and, um...
1: He's like, what's happening? <laughs> what is happening to me? <laughs> it's like, you're becoming a
0: man, Jake. Aaron tells him uh, to continue on. Not, don't worry about that shit. And Jake understandably freaks the fuck out and tells him "Tells him to stop. As his voice starts returning to normal, uh, Aaron tells the set hands that it's okay. That's enough for today. We'll take a break. And Aaron tells Jake that he has to let himself go. What's happening to him now is the stuff of genius. Jake tells him, uh, but my voice changed. I changed. It was scary. And he doesn't like it.
1: No, understandably.
0: I know, right? If that happened to me, I'd be like, uh, okay, I'm done with this play. I, I don't care if I want to be an uh, actor or not. I'm fucking out of here. This is ridiculous.
1: Well, the play seems shit anyway.
0: Yeah. Or he could just not take a drink out of that shit that this old man just drank out of.
1: Yeah, I mean, in in acting, they usually don't actually drink or eat things anyway right so just pretend to drink
0: yes that's what i thought
1: throw the bag
0: Uh, aaron tells him that his acting was wonderful and takes him for a little walk telling him when you make magic here it's like you've got the glamour you have the gift boy use it and jake gets stunned for a second because he said glamour which is what sean told him and he pulls out the green card i'm assuming it's the business card sean gave him and then jake just runs away Next up, Jake is back at the greenhouse, uh, but the camera's upside down. He starts bugging Sean, who is himself upside down, so I guess we just got like a point of view shot from Sean. I don't know. Sean tells Jake to get the fuck away from him, uh, that he's not welcome here, and he begins to huff and puff away, but Jake begs with Sean, saying he needs to know about those herbs. And Sean says, oh, I'm sure you do, but I can see right through you like fired crystal. Then he slams his little wooden gate right into Jake's dick. Did you see that? No. Yeah, he like throws that gate right into Jake's dick.
1: <laughs> well, that's not cool.
0: <laughs> no, it's not.
1: Come on, Sean. <laughs>
0: he's such a he's such a jerk. Like it's the <laughs> Jake's just tall enough and the the gate is just small enough that when he throws it at him at his feet, it hits him right in the dick. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> you yeah, know. Uh Jake's begs Sean some more for uh more information on those herbs which Sean still doesn't want to give up, saying, uh, you're taking me for a fool, but then says Sean O'Shannon is anything but a fool, and he walks into this little tiny house, and he slams the door again. He's just such a drama queen slamming shit. He loves to slam. Loves it. Jake walks up to the little house and says, but something weird is happening to me. You saw it. It's like I'm changing. And then the door slightly opens, and Jake walks in, and Sean is nowhere near that door. But he says, I've let you in to say your piece. Now get on with it! Then Jake tells him the whole story about what's been going on. Saying like, okay, I'm in this play where a leprechaun saves me from a goblin by turning me into a leprechaun too. He says, the more that we rehearse, the stranger I feel. Last time my voice even changed and it was scary. When Jake mentions Aaron, Sean asks more about him. So Jake tells Sean that Aaron is a leprechaun who said I have the glamour. That that's what you called it too. And Jake says maybe he's just dumb and nervous about the play. But Sean gets some crap out of some cupboards. Um, and, and tells Jake you really don't know anything about these herbs do you? And Jake's like no Aaron Aaron uses them to make his tea. Oh, This is where all the talking in this episode comes from. Whew, getting like winded from this. So Sean tells him that the herbs can be very powerful if used. By those who know how to use them. And how to get them. And Jake asks where he got the herbs. Sean tells him that he got it from a sp- trade with a spriggan which is like a a sentient tree kind of thing right
1: yeah that's my idea and then he
0: says that famous line yours be mine and mine be yours it cost him his favorite toothpick to get those herbs from the spriggan jake says those words again saying it sounds like something from his play sean asks him when the play opens and jake tells him that it's tomorrow night and jake asks sean if he wants to come which he responds with i wouldn't miss it for all the suds in dublin
1: That's a lot of suds. It is. I don't know what that means. It means special tea, Cortland. Everything is just
0: mystic vapors. (laughs) Sean inhales some smoke out of his pipe and he blows it into the air, which transitions into the next scene. And it looks like Jake and Aaron are practicing again. The same scene with the dancing and the singing.
1: Yes, this play has one scene. Yes, it has like three. (laughs) And it's shit.
0: Yeah, it is. Sean walks from backstage to check this shit out and he does not like what he's seeing. Uh he looks ar- up and around um you know just looking for presumably something to stop this shit, right? This crappy play. Uh, he must see what he wants cuz he runs off. Aaron drinks from that flask again, throws it to Jake who drinks it as well, all while Sean is fumbling with some some crap behind the the stage and the backstages. Uh he's probably going to like drop a sandbag or something on this kid to ruin this shit show. Jake's voice has changed again. And he monotone says his lines, which is just really kind of weird. Sean undoes a tie and a tree falls down nearly taking Jake out, but he jumps out of the way. Immediately, Aaron starts screaming at Lucy about the shit as uh, some guy helps Jake up. Like Aaron doesn't even care about Jake at all. He's just like, Lucy, Lucy, what the fuck's going on? (laughs) Sean runs and hides under a table as uh, backstage as all the employees of the play are just like scrambling around. Probably filling out incident reports, like, getting their lawyers on the phone and everything. Jake walks by and Sean calls him over. So, Jake asks him what he's doing there. Sean tells him, uh, he's saving his life, if you don't mind. And Jake's like, what the fuck you talking about? And Sean explains that he's the one that dropped the tree on him. To which Jake understandably is like what that could have fucking killed me what are you doing and sean's like nope i saved you take a look in this mirror jake does and he sees that his ears are pointed and then he screams with the, the widest mouth ever
1: <laughs> his mouth is gigantic <laughs> i took a screenshot
0: <laughs> yeah it reminded me of aerosmith
1: <laughs> i had the same thought i thought <laughs> it reminded me of Steven tyler yeah. And then I thought, he could swallow Steven Tyler
0: whole <laughs> with that mouth. <laughs> so as Jake's screaming uh, into this mirror, uh, we cut to commercial. When the show returns, we're at the Midnight Society interlude. David says, his ears got pointy, and Betty Ann says weird. And Kristen adds to it saying,
1: very weird. These interludes are universally pointless and terrible. This one especially.
0: I mean, I feel like I say that with everyone, so you're right. They are.
1: Yes. This one especially, but all the other ones especially as well. They just, like, take one thing that just happened in the episode, and they're like, oh, and then she screamed? Wow.
0: <laughs> so they it's each like, used one or two wishes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, shut the fuck up, Kiki. Like, oh, the okay, you were listening to the story. Congratulations. <laughs>
0: Uh, Eric agrees and says, Papa used to always say, this is where the prop thickens. And we go back to the story. We see Jake, uh, looking at his new ears in the mirror as Sean explains that every time he does this ritual in the play, he gets a little closer to becoming a changeling. Jake doesn't get it because it's just a play, this isn't real, and Sean tells him it's as real as those pointy ears. And at this point, Jake should just fucking cut his losses, live his life with pointy ears, and just never do this play again. Don't you think?
1: Yeah, just chop those ears down and just... Yeah,
0: just file them down and live life.
1: Yeah, like, if you want to still be an actor, like, you know, go find another gig. This one looks shit anyway, and yeah, see what happens.
0: Yeah, just cut your losses and, like, oh, fuck, I guess I got pointy ears now. Wear a hat. You're fine. (laughs) Sean tells Jake that tonight he'll take the oath for the final time, to which Jake says Aaron wouldn't do this shit to me. Sean says he would, If he thinks he is who he is and asks where Aaron is, Jake tells him that Aaron's room is in the basement. No one bothers him there. uh, And he always takes a nap before every performance. So Sean says, all right, let's do it. Let's go down there and pay him a little visit. And off to the basement they go. And this is probably the most, I don't know, exciting bit of the episode. Right? I I mean, yeah. Yeah. I'd say yeah. Which makes sense because we're ramping up, you know, to the finale part. Anyway, the duo around a corner and now Jake has his hat on covering his ears, um, which I don't know why like he's like, Okay, let's go down to the basement, but um hold on, I gotta put this hat on. Doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, and like he has pointy ears in the play, so people would just think he, like he's wearing his costume. Yeah. They're not gonna think like, Oh, you're becoming a changeling
0: <laughs> I don't even Get know what him. the fuck a changeling is, so it's like I assumed it was for plot reasons, but Nothing comes of it, so it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I have no idea. Uh, they look around before seeing a fire alarm, so Sean grabs a chair and uses his pipe to blow smoke up into the fire alarm, which sets it off. They hide in a closet, and Aaron like bursts out of his room, wondering what the fuck's going on, and he runs away. Um, I guess that was his evacuation plan, just to run. <laughs> Not look for any survivors or ask any questions. Run out of there.
1: When Sean sees the smoke alarm, he says, Lucky charms and four-leaf clovers.
0: Yeah, I didn't know what he was talking about with that.
1: <laughs> and I just thought, like, man, really? Yeah. The, the writers were just sitting like, What would an Irish person say? Ah, yes. Four-leaf clovers. They'd be like, potatoes
0: and cabbage. So right as they enter this room, Sean says, Just as I suspected. And he takes Jake over to this altar... Which has Jake's picture on it, which is super fucking creepy. It
1: is really weird and creepy. Yeah. It's like the weird shrine that Helga has for Arnold and Hey that's Arnold. Ex-
0: yeah, that's exactly what I thought, too.
1: Except for it's an old man about a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that he wants forever. <laughs>
1: yes. Yes.
0: Hey everyone, Cortland here, your good buddy and your personal prop guy. Thank you so much for taking a listen to our 10th episode of Up All Night. I can't believe we're already almost done with our first season. We have a lot of fun stuff planned for you for our season finale wrap-up episode. Speaking of which, if you have any questions you want us to answer during our finale, please get them into us. We're actually going to be recording the season finale this Friday, June 28th. To submit your questions or stories, you can email them to us at privateislandpresents at gmail.com. You can also DM them to us on Twitter at PRVT Island or send us a message on Instagram at Private Island Presents. And don't worry, I'm going to link all that stuff in this episode description. If you haven't done so already, be sure to stop into the Support Indie Podcast Discord server and say hello. Do you enjoy supporting indie podcasts like this one and want to find something new to fall in love with? Well, this Discord server has you covered. There's a lot of different podcasts available from just about every subject. As always, I'd like to thank All Hail the Badger for his work on the music for our show, and Brandon for the work on the art. For now, I'll let you get back to the episode. I'll talk to you guys next week on July 2nd for our 11th episode. Bye, everybody. Yeah, so Jake is like, fuck, there's my hat up there, too, and and Sean's like, yeah, whatever, you know, don't worry about that. And um, Jake looks over and, and Aaron's got that toad in the jar. I'm sorry, like in a crystal ball kind of thing. And Sean's like, no, that's not his pet toad. That's a changeling. And just then the fire alarm sound stops. And Sean tells him that they don't have much time left. And and Sean's rummaging through Aaron's bottles of like sand and shit. And finally he grabs a mowing root. Uh, he opens it up, sniffs it. Just as the door opens they hide under the bed um, and Aaron comes back into his room. He takes off his ears like his prosthetic ears. He puts them Mm -hmm. on the table and it reveals some like gnarly fantasy looking ears. Then he takes off his shoes like right by the bed and he's got these hairy nasty feet and finally he sits down in front of a mirror and he takes off his robe and it shows this gigantic tuft of like hair or fur (laughs) covering like almost all of his back but his pretty, like, centrally located. Yeah, it's really it's like gross.
1: Austin Powers' chest, but on his back.
0: Yeah, and, um, the camera just lingers on it for way too long, and I'm like, is this guy naked? Because it only shows his upper half, and he unrobed. I'm like, is he fucking naked? Like, what are these yeah. guys... Ge- what they get themselves into?
1: He goes into his room, he sits down with his special herbs, <laughs> and he... <laughs> He sits down in front of his altar to this young boy, and he strips down. <laughs> oh <my laughs> it's God. just his pre-show ritual. It's disgusting.
0: <laughs> oh, it's so gross. That's more than I wanted to think of it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's weird.
0: <sighs> so Sean and Jake, they sneak out from under the bed uh, to attempt their escape. But it does that classic, like, villain, hears something going on, right? So he turns his head. And he listens for him for a second, but then he just goes back to, like, his humming or whatever the fuck he was doing. And the, the, the two guys, Jake and Sean, they get the fuck out of there. They exit the room. We're given a better shot of Aaron, and thankfully he isn't naked. He's got some pants on, which is good. Oh. I know. I mean, I know it's a kid's show, but I'm like, is he fucking naked? What the fuck is this? Um, The duo open the door, and they just run out of there. They don't care about stealth whatsoever. It's out the window. Who cares? And the next scene... We uh, look to be back in Sean's cottage or whatever, and they're talking about how Aaron's a banshee. The cruelest of all the Yeah, Alright.
1: Sure, why not? Yeah, I'm
0: just like, yeah, a banshee. Alright. Yeah. I thought banshees were like ghosts that scream at you, but uh nope, they're old men. that are furry
1: <laughs> They're old perverted men who <laughs>
0: <laughs> have obsessions with very young boys.
1: Yeah, yeah, that checks out.
0: They drink the tea made out of those herbs Jake wanted, and that's why Sean didn't trust Jake at first. Uh, He thought it was for for himself. Uh, That doesn't really make any sense. You know that there is a Banshee. You know that he wants to devour the souls of kids. You know what herbs and stuff they want to drink. You could connect the dots. He's clearly not the Banshee, and he's clearly the kid that is going to get eaten. Yeah. So Sean is like the world's worst detective if he couldn't figure that one out, but whatever. Jake ignores all that and wants to know what Aaron wants with Jake. And Sean tells him that this is where things get sticky cuz Banshee's feed on human souls every 7 years and they need to devour another one. So they leave a poor creature in its place and that's where the toad in a jar comes in. Um so I don't get it. Does the person turn into the toad or does Aaron devour the soul of the kid? And just, like, a toad just, like, is created in in its place. What do you think?
1: Well, I assumed they get turned into a toad.
0: That's what I figured, too.
1: Otherwise, like, why even have a toad?
0: It didn't make any sense.
1: It's not going to be like you're going to devour a kid and then put a toad there and you're going to fool people. like, oh, (laughs) (laughs)
0: He's fine. He's right here.
1: (laughs) He's just going to go to school and (laughs) the parents are just like, yeah, that's her her kid.
0: Yep, that's Jake. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Although Jake's parents might not notice, they don't seem to really give a shit about him.
0: No, they don't at all. Like they don't even come to his play. <laughs>
1: You're right. <laughs> uh, and we we know he has parents because he says he's gonna call them.
0: Yeah, he mentions them, but Fuck. they don't even they don't even like. Get, this his is boy. his
1: big break and they're like Whatever we're <laughs> hanging out with our toad kids Over here We're over here
0: with uh, with Josh's mom and dad At the cigar bar <laughs> <laughs> um, <so> Oh wow
1: <laughs> Jake.
0: Jake makes the deduction That the toad used to be a person And Sean corrects him saying It was a changeling And that's what Aaron is trying to do to you When you take the oath one more time You're going to be a fucking toad Jake freaks out like any rational, insane person would do, saying he's going to call his mom and his dad and the police.
1: No, you're but not, dude.
0: Sean, Sean tells him no. <laughs> he says, no, the process has already started. Look at your ears. You can't survive as half a changeling, um, which, why not? <laughs> the only thing that's different is that his ears are <laughs> pointed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You'll be ripped apart by society.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be out on the streets begging for scraps. They'll be like, "Ugh, your ears are a tiny bit longer. Yeah, you, you must be some sort of half
0: a changeling. Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm dumb. like, <laughs> "This is where I thought of it again. Like just cut your losses. Fucking don't do the play again and just be fine. Like you got longer ears. You'll be all right." Sean pulls out a bottle and tells Jake, He can beat Aaron at his own game. And I guess Jake just kind of agrees to endanger his life some more by doing this stupid play. The next scene shows us that the play is in full swing with just like this sold out audience. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I couldn't believe that.
0: No! It's
1: it's not a small little like high school gymnasium either. It's like a fucking gigantic auditorium. Yeah. And it's packed like it's a Broadway musical. And it's this shitty play. About leprechauns and shit. (laughs) Like, who's (laughs) coming to see this? Everyone. (laughs) Everyone but Jake's parents.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So Jake's up on stage yelling at that goblin guy again, saying he won't be taken. And the goblin grabs him and he says, you have my mark or something. and, And Jake screams and he runs away. And it's kind of funny because he has to he has to run for like a long ways and he's screaming the whole time. And and the curtain closes and that riveting scene is over, I guess. The, the audience claps and cheers a whole bunch like they just watched a good show. <laughs> and we see Jake is backstage and he's looking for Sean. Sean pops out and he's wearing this like sweet yellow cape or something. I don't know why, but it's amazing. Jake tells Sean that he thought he forgot, which is really fucking stupid because it's the same day as the last scene. Jake told us that there was one more practice at noon, and then the play goes live that night. So, it's the same day. And you're like, oh, I thought you forgot, Sean. I thought you were forgot you were going to protect me from this banshee who's going to eat my soul. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: sighs> and it's like, he's not going to miss it. Not yeah, for says, all the suds in Suds in Dublin.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Sean says, not bad for an opening act, but are you ready for the finale? And Jake says he's as ready as he'll ever be. So, Sean closes the door, and they get to work. And he... Sean is very excited about getting back at this banshee. Um, this kid's soul could get devoured, and Sean is just, like, real like, stoked to do this shit. It was really weird. Sean's a good guy. He is. I like Sean. He's... But also, he is okay with putting this kid literally in harm's way.
1: Yeah, he was already in harm's way. Yeah, Jake did
0: this to himself. It's what you get, kids. That's why you should never be an actor. You're gonna get your soul devoured. <laughs> I mean, yeah. (laughs) It's a life lesson. Everybody's got to learn it. Sean explains to Jake that there's three rules to beating a Banshee, and they all have to be followed or the game is lost. This part is fucking nuts. Rule one, be fearless. (laughs) Sean hands Jake a test tube and tells him to swallow the contents of it, and there's live fucking spiders in there. What? (laughs) Like, at this point, I'm like, Sean is just fucking with this kid. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> gets off on this or something? Uh, I like I don't know what is going on. And these spiders aren't like small; they're like really creepy looking spiders.
1: Well, you gotta trust him. I he could be, he could be fucking with you, but
0: I could think of a lot of different ways to be fearless than to like swallow spiders from a vial without question. That doesn't that's stupid. That's not fearless. It's being an idiot.
1: Do you want to beat a banshee or not?
0: I'm not going to get my soul devoured. So I guess Jake agrees to it because he fucking drinks those live spiders. <laughs> he just down the hatches them fucking live spiders who just willingly get dumped into his mouth and away they go. They He eats them. Yeah. <sighs> Next he uh, asks Jake to take out that canteen bag thingy that they've been drinking out of. So Jake does and Sean hands him some shit and he tells him to put him in there. So he does. And then Sean throws some glitter on him. uh, And he says, uh, Rowan tree, red thread, puts the
1: witches to their speed.
0: (sighs) Then we go on to rule number two, which is give him a taste of his own medicine. He looks down at that bag. He tells Jake not to drink out of it, but make sure that Aaron does. Jake laughs about that for a moment. And then Sean tells us about rule three. Don't take your eyes off him. You must spellbind him. Lock your eyes with his and turn his own spell against him. Uh, Sean asks Jake if he understands the rules. Uh, Jake's, Jake nods, which is it's great. I mean, these are uh, have pretty fairly complex rules for a, uh, like a 10-year-old kid
1: yeah, uh, who we'll soul's on the line to get. And...
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Drink spiders, uh, get sprinkled with magic dust. Uh, what was the last one? I don't know but sean says let the angels be with you and he leaves and that's it they don't go over the rules again nothing they're just like all right good luck kid (laughs) don't get your soul eaten (laughs) next up aaron's doing his uh little song and dance part again with jake following uh he takes a drink out of the bag and he hesitates for a moment since obviously something's up fucking tastes that poison or whatever jake put in there he throws the bag to jake who just doesn't stop staring at him just like he's supposed to and and he throws the bag right back at him without taking a drink, and he says this line for the yeah, play. They
1: just keep passing that drink back and forth for like three minutes.
0: Yeah, it's like Russian roulette, but <laughs> but Jake's not playing. <laughs> Aaron asks Jake uh, who he's been talking to, and then he throws the bag into the audience. And Jake looks out to see if it hit anybody, and then he realizes that he lost his gaze on Aaron, which he says out loud so that we, as the audience, can remember. Uh, he turns back to look up Aaron, but he's he's disappeared. So Jake turns around and Aaron's there, and he looks like his banshee self with his gnarly ears, his hairiness—it's gross.
1: He's wearing a shirt this time, at least. Oh, thank God! Yeah.
0: So uh, he asks Jake if he's if he's scared, and Jake's like, "No, no, no, I'm fearless." And our girl Lucy's off stage with her mic and and the sweetest side ponytail I've ever seen. Uh, asking if anybody else is seeing this shit. Uh, did we miss this in rehearsal? What the fuck's going on? These kids are going off... This kid and the old man are going off the record. They're fucking ad-libbing everything now. Aaron advances on Jake saying, you're all mine, and it's really creepy. Really fucking creepy, really. Jake falls over. Uh, he asks the audience for help, saying, guys, this is real. Uh, this shit's really happening. Uh, the audience looks slightly concerned, but of course they don't help at all. And Aaron tells Jake he's his forever. It's creepy. Just it kind of, it makes me cringe just thinking about it. He's cackling or whatever, and then Sean pops up out of nowhere, you know, to say hello. He's just sitting in a tree. They must have fought before. I'm thinking because he calls Aaron by another name, which was, uh, what was it? Gort. Gort. Yeah. I was like, did they say Gort? Are they using my name? <laughs> but no, it was Gort. You get that classic nemesis stare down. Um, the audience is just eating this shit up, and Aaron tells Sean. He's too late. Sean mocks him for a bit, saying, Gort, you're up to the same old tricks. And then Aaron or Gort or whatever the fuck his name is responds by saying that old tricks still work. And, and he, Jake is running away, and he does the hands from the Thriller music video, <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he points him over at uh, Sean, who is up in the tree, and it's just like these sparks shoot out from the tree as... um. Sean is like jumping behind it and the audience is just like it's just like oh my god you know what's happening and uh we see that Jake made it safely behind um some rock props as the prop tree falls over and Jake is audibly worried about Sean scared that he's been exploded like goth was last episode Aaron laughs at Jake saying so you thought the little leprechaun would help you this whole time his hands are still in that thriller pose you know, pointing at the tree and he's laughing some more at Jake uh, and, and, and Jake. He's telling Jake he's been waiting seven years and now you're all mine. And Jake screams, no. And Aaron points his hands thriller style at him and he poofs. Jake poofs in, into a toad and Aaron picks it up laughing. But uh, but there's Sean. He's sitting on a rock and he says, yes, court, he is yours. And this is mine. And he pulls out a motherfucking snake out of a pouch. But wait, it's not actually a snake. I just I got excited there. I thought <laughs> I thought there was that there was gonna be like some snake biting or something and
1: I thought it was a snake too at first.
0: Yeah, I was like, Oh, there's gonna be another twist. Banshees are like fucking deathly allergic to snake bites or something, but No, it's it's Gort's tail, which I didn't know Banshees yeah, had. Gort tails. has a
1: tail, I guess. Well he
0: had a tail and then Sean got it somehow. And he says, he tells Gort that he's had it for for this whole time. um, And perhaps you'd like to do a trade. And Gort's backing up like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Sean gives us this little, little poem again. Yours be mine. Mine be yours. Blah, blah, blah. And, and since he said that, he's got to do the trade now. So Sean throws the tail at Gort as he screams. And he flashes and he disappears and only a toad is left. Sean walks up to the toad, and he's throwing his sprinkles in the air again. He's saying his little little magic spell about returning or something. And some smoke just, like, explodes. And Jake appears. And he's like, well, Sean, what the, what the fuck just happened? And Sean tells him that he's free, that he beat the Banshee, even though Sean was the one that did everything. Yeah. yeah. Jake didn't. Jake really didn't do anything. Jake doesn't do
1: anything at all. No. The only thing he did was meet Sean.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Sean did all the work. The audience is just loving this shit, and and Jake feels for his ears to confirm that they're back to normal. The audience, <laughs> the audience gives Jake and Sean a standing ovation, and, and the and the two guys they bow, and Jake asks Sean if he's really a leprechaun, and Sean tells him that he is when the need arises, and he hands him the sweet trilby hat. And Jake put, takes it. He puts it on. And we're giving our ending voiceover from Eric. He says, The Will of the Wisp was never performed again. And Aaron has disappeared forever. The end. Eric takes off his hat. He looks at it and he says, And that one, Papa, was for you. Uh, before he stuffs his hat away. Gary and Kiki each look at each other. They give each other like a look of approval. And all the Midnight Society members, they get up and they start clapping. And they they each give Eric some hugs and it's it's really uh it's really a nice ending i liked it a lot
1: yeah eric gets a standing ovation
0: yeah it was a it was a beautiful ending and that's uh the tale of jake and the leprechaun so uh overall i thought it was a pretty good episode i thought it was better than the last few
1: yes it was pretty good
0: it was genuinely entertaining i wanted to know what was happening uh the guy who played sean o'shalen was amazing i loved him like he ranks up there for like Sardo in my opinion. He's he was great. fantastic.
1: He's amazing, yeah.
0: Like the story overall it has its plot holes, but every episode so far has, and we talked about them. I don't. The part I don't get is so he did this trade with Gort. He forced Gort, Gort slash Aaron slash Seamus or whatever into this trade, and then he disappeared, never to be seen from again. Lucy basically says that he is, um, you know, a famous actor. Nobody would question his disappearance. And why did he disappear in the first place? Did he die?
1: I don't know what happened to him.
0: I'm going to try and make an educated guess. I'm going to say he has to eat a soul once every seven years. And since he was forced into trading the tail for Jake as his toad form, he didn't get to eat for that seven years, which just killed him instantly. I'm gonna go with that. I think.
1: Right? Yeah, maybe.
0: Because it says that he was never seen or heard from again. So it's that's like what he I misses, think Evan.
1: He misses one meal and <laughs> he's just dead forever. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah, Goth can be <laughs> obliterated from this plane of existence. And all he's got to do is wait a week.
0: Yeah, he just gets to well try again. But but no, for him he missed. Like I I feel like that could be it because like. It's been building up to 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 um, Aaron making Jake into the changeling over the course of these rehearsals. And then, like, tonight would have been the final night, and then he would have devoured the kid's soul. And since he didn't get the opportunity to on that very night, that was the only opportunity he had. He didn't have, like, a backup fucking <laughs> temple shrine of a, another, a different child, so he just starved
1: to death <laughs> Yeah, alright. Let's go with that. Okay, that's what I'm
0: gonna go with. So yeah, that was the that was the episode. I think I think we covered it pretty well. Yeah. So uh, the tale of Jake and the Leprechaun. I don't like the name that much because it it just seems boring to me. But yeah. I do have to say it was named well. I thought for sure that the Leprechaun was going to actually be Aaron, and then I was pleasantly surprised to find that it was Sean. And I thought they made a great duo. And Sean is amazing. Do you think there's any other names we could give this one? Yeah. Like, maybe the Tale of the Banshee? That would be better?
1: The Tale of the Mysteriously Popular Play. Oh, yeah, right?
0: The Tale of Jake
1: with No Parents? <laughs> <laughs> the Tale of the Hairy Back?
0: Ugh, yeah. Uh, the the Tale of, like, s- Swallowed Spiders?
1: The Tale of the Creepy Altar. Oh, uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> the Tale of Jake and the Pedophile? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that's done. <laughs> I think so, I think that's the topper. <laughs> Alright, so Brandon, guess what? What? The next episode is The Tale of the Dark Music. Oh.
1: Yeah, so who
0: do you think uh, is going to tell us The Tale of the Dark Music? At this point, we've had at least one story from everybody, so I think it's fair game. Yes.
1: Uh, This one sounds like a fucking Kristen story. Oh
0: my gosh, really? You think so?
1: Yeah, I think it's a boring ass Kristen story. Okay. I don't know though.
0: That's okay. I do know who tells the story, so I'm not going to make a guess. But Brandon, you hear the tale of the dark music, and what do you think of this tale is
1: going to be about? It's a haunted piano. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah, I like that. No, I don't. But continue. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's it. It's a haunted piano.
0: A haunted... Like, are you talking, like, the piano from Mario 64? Like, that kind of haunted? Or just one that, like, plays music on its own at really, like, inopportune times? Like, when you're trying to sleep. Yeah,
1: that one. And there's the the soul of an old composer that got murdered or something.
0: Okay. And he just maliciously plays music. Yeah. Okay. Alright, well, we'll see how right you are next week when we cover... The 11th episode, The Tale of the Dark Music. Alright. (laughs) All Uh, well, I'm I'm pretty tired, man. I've been up all night, especially with that skunk smell. I'm about ready for bed.
1: Me too. Sick and tired.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You sound like shit, man. Go to bed. (laughs)
1: Thanks.
0: (laughs) Alright, guys, we will talk to you next week when we cover The Dark Music. Bye, guys.
1: Bye. I'm looking for for some special herbs to make tea.